0: And he carries on hurtling down this really steep, twisty, windy road. And, uh, and then we came up behind a bicycle on the road ahead of us. And the guy on the bicycle turns around and points a gun at the taxi. Now, I'm, I'm British. I don't see guns every day. <laughs>
1: Guys, welcome to Streamforge Radio. Today, our guest had an awesome and diverse career path, having tried her hand at everything before falling into passion with digital entertainment. She's now a full-time Twitch streamer who is dominating her niche in colony management style games. With 10,000 supporters across the internet who loves her for her chill yet jovial personality, I am happy to welcome Sal for Sal to Streamforge Radio. Welcome, Sal
0: hello thank you for having me here it's lovely to be here
1: super excited to have you you know i we're talking just before um starting this episode about Dwarf fortress being kind (laughs) of like your number one uh, game so my understanding i've never played it but my understanding is that it's uh it's based on lord of the rings like lore and universe
0: it's I mean, it's got dwarves, it's got elves, it's got uh, trolls in it, that sort of thing. The, The special thing about Dwarf Fortress is its incredible depth. It's a story generator. It's it's difficult to understand the depth without playing it, but you have, um, it's two games in one. You're playing a game that is something a bit like Rimworld. You're uh, you're managing your colony. There's bad things happening. There's dwarves going insane. You're trying to keep them in beer. Um, people Goblins are attacking you. You're playing a game like that. The AI is playing a game that is something more like Crusader Kings. So Mm. there'll be maybe a quarter of a million people in the world. And those people are each individually being played by the AI. So every single individual person in the world has their own history, their own goals. They'll be... Born in some little hamlet somewhere um they'll some of them will just become farmers, some of them will become adventurers, some will go off and slay dragons, others will be kidnapped by goblins, meet the love of their life there. The love of their life will murder somebody and then get murdered themselves. Uh, and then the their their love will then um, slay the murderer. Uh, will then get into a second marriage, have his wife killed at the altar. Will write a book called "The Sorrows of Marriage," and then that book will turn up in your fortress. Uh, all of this is going on off camera, really? <laughs> and that's just happening in the background. So, and, and that's a,
1: real. You're 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 not real. you're not messing with us.
0: Okay, no, okay. that's a story I actually uncovered.
1: So that's the long answer. The short answer mm-hmm. would it be? It's not Lord of the Rings related, but it's basically the same type
0: of a universe? Similar sort of universe. Yeah. In, or at least there's the same kinds of creatures inhabiting mm. that universe. Same sort of magical basis to it. Right, right. So,
1: are you a Lord of the Ring fan?
0: Uh, I, I certainly enjoy Lord of the Rings. Mm. I wouldn't say that I'm... I'm so much of a fan that I would get any references to Lord of the Rings.
1: <laughs> mm. uh, the lore is quite deep, but you know, like it. to understand yeah. uh, the whole universe. Have you watched, yeah. um, what's the name of the, the the series just that just came out, right? Uh, the Ring no. of Power?
0: I haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, my chat oh. keeps on telling me I should watch it. But I, I stream 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm. <laughs> so it doesn't no time leave for me that me much time for, for much else indeed. on top of that there's like checking out games and stuff as well of course of course
1: i mean you got a game after the stream is over because you know (laughs) never enough game right (laughs) yeah yeah
0: sometimes i'll take a bit of time off streaming like i'll I'll sometimes take a day a week off um sometimes and uh, i tend to spend that day off gaming um Mm. yeah really yeah 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 it's <laughs> gaming is my life's passion and the fact that i can game for a living is uh, to me that's absolutely mind-blowing of all yeah. the things i've done in my varied career um streaming is the best job ever
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's i mean especially when, when you have that kind of passion in you right yeah. it's it's really wa- a way to combine uh your professional life with your your hobby you know, your number one hobby you went from like from a casual streamer mm-hmm. um to a full-time streamer and i did can you tell us a bit about how you start first of all how you started streaming in the first place
0: yeah um there was a bit of a a sort of a sad story about that um i had a a friend who had had lung cancer for the longest time and um he was the kind of person who was always going to choose his own time and his own way out. And I got news that he had sadly committed suicide. Um, and I was on my way to his funeral. So it was kind of, it was sad, but it wasn't terribly unexpected. He'd been living in pain for more than 10 years at this point. Mm. Um, and I was on the train. Now, I'd just got my latest gaming computer. Having been... I'd been without a gaming computer for about four years and it'd been driving me mad. I'd been playing Farmville on my phone. I was that desperate.
1: Um, it was a bad time,
0: huh? Yeah, it was, a, it was a bad time. It was a bleak time without a, yeah. a gaming computer. I'd burnt out my my previous one. It'd take me four years to save up for a, a decent computer. Right. Uh, and when I'd specced out my computer um i've gone through um a checklist of like different components and things and this is in 2014 um and some of the questions on the checklist were like are you going to stream and i was like no no interest are you going to do multiplayer no no interest um are you going to be recording anything no no interest don't even know how to uh, I want to sit in my uh, in my, my spare bedroom with the curtains closed and I want to sit and play space engineers. Oh, okay. <laughs> that so that it, was it,
1: the thing. It was like a checklist, like a pre made yeah. checklist online that you found to yeah, help you yeah. build your computer. Gotcha.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was doing a custom built computer. And uh, so that was my mindset. I, For me, it was all about escapism. It was shutting the world out. I had to spend time every day talking to people in an office. Um, I wanted to come home and lock myself away in my own little world and play space engineers. That was, that was the thing for me. Um, but then I was on this, I was on a train journey going to my friend's funeral. And this is about a week after my computer had arrived and I'd been playing space engineers obsessively. And I was, because I was, I had I was back into gaming after all this time. The only thing that was on my mind was, was gaming. So I sat on, on the train uh, for an hour and I was reading, like playing with my phone. The only thing I was interested in was the gaming news. And I was reading an interview with a journalist that was talking about, uh, how he felt that people should listen more to what games journalists have got to say and they should listen less to, uh, what, uh, sites like Metacritic have got to say. And, uh, and the devs are paying far too much interest to what Metacritic have got to say. And, uh, and, people and it's because people are buying things uh, based on the metacritic score and users should mm. game buyers should think more about that and i was thinking that's not what happens in my community it's like in my community people go and watch like let's plays on youtube or you go on twitch mm. and you watch if you're interested in a game you go watch what people are playing and i, I was having this internal monologue of myself and uh, of course i was in quite a, a pensive mood because of the, the circumstances. Right. And I did a double take at myself at that word community. I was like, w- 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 um, in my community, that's not, that's not how we buy games. And I was thinking, what do I mean community? So am I in a community? I hang out in people's Twitch chats. I converse with, um, with some let's players on youtube and um and actually yeah yeah it it is a community and that kind of took me back for a moment because you know i still consider myself to be um locked away in my own little room just by myself and i thought no nah, actually i'm i'm locked away in my room all by myself with a community there's thought, multiple
1: well, cells you know across <laughs> the world locked absolutely. up in their in their rooms you know talking to each other yeah
0: indeed yeah yeah and i uh i thought well if i'm part of a community then do i want to be like a, Am I, uh, am, I, am I an active member of a community? Do I want to be an active member of a community? I thought, no, um, if anything, I'm a passive member. And if I'm going to be part of a community, I'm usually an active member of a community. I thought, what does that even mean to be an active member of a community? And I was, this was kind of ticking away at the back of my mind, the whole way through, uh, like the funeral service and that. And as, uh, as I was making my way home uh from the funeral, it kind of churned its way around in my mind, and I'd realized that it wasn't just the community of viewers that I wanted to be an active member of. It was actually and uh, it was the community of content creators that I was on the periphery of that I wanted to be a more active member of. And I thought, well, the only way that I can be to be an active member of this community is to be a content creator. That's how you're active. And I thought, well, I best learn how to do that then. And uh, that was on a Wednesday. Now, I'd never even taken a video on my phone uh, this was completely alien to me. I'm I'm older than the average streamer, uh, so this was this was all new to me. I'm I'm pretty tech savvy. I can pick up a piece of software and figure out how to use it. Um, yeah, and you you were building a cus- custom computer, yeah, and you know, like, yeah, it wasn't yeah, your yeah.
1: first. I'm guessing as well. Like, it was know, the so, first yeah.
0: time that I'd done a, uh, a custom. custom? Build. Okay. Yeah, but still, yeah, you, yeah. you had
1: that interest, you know.
0: Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd started off life as a car mechanic. So, you know, I'm pretty good with my hands. I'm pretty good with mm. technology. Um, but uh, I um, I got to the point where on the, the Wednesday, by the time I got home on the Wednesday night, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm going to do content creation, whatever that means. Did some research over the next couple of days by realised that doing Twitch streaming was one piece of software less to learn compared to making YouTube videos. So I thought, okay, we'll try streaming then. Um, Did all the setup on the the Saturday because I had work Thursday, Friday. Did the setup on the Saturday, did my first stream on the Sunday. And then at the end of my first Twitch stream, I streamed for about four hours or so. um, I knew I wasn't going to get any audience. I was fine with that. I just wanted to be a content creator so that I could be an active member of this community that I was part of. And uh, and then at the end of it, Twitch said, do you want to put a video? Do you want to put this, um, your stream, your VOD on YouTube? And so I pressed the button that was like, yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Uh, and then ended up putting stuff on YouTube as well um and did both streaming and youtubing for quite some time so that must yeah. have been a
1: long time ago because now which doesn't ask you if you want to put it on youtube yeah <laughs> indeed
0: <laughs> that was before keep google it and amazon keep it here a, <laughs> yeah before google and amazon had a, a fallout yeah, yeah. <laughs> that must have
1: been like even like just in tv time yeah back in the I, days I right think, yeah. i
0: think yeah. i think amazon had just bought twitch but um it was it was just in tv when i first started watching twitch mm. yeah yeah uh so yeah then i was just um i would stream uh every sunday i would make um more uh, i'd stream for a few hours doing space engineers and then i started doing prison architect and uh then mm. i started playing yeah. banished and uh and then and. I was always, I got into the mindset of I'm doing this to make videos for YouTube. <laughs> so it didn't matter that there was nobody watching. And then one day somebody turned up in chat and I was like, whoa, <laughs> there's somebody talking to me in chat. Damn it. I'm making a YouTube video here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but yeah, then I started talking to like, got into talking to chat. And now, I mean, these days I, I, I love my chat. Chat are just great. I've got, um, I've got a, a, a more mature audience. Um, chat keep on trying to prove me wrong on that point, <laughs> mm. but yes, the average age of my audience is uh, the thirty-five to forty-five bracket. Okay, whereas, um, it's uh, not the, it's... not
1: so much mature, more older. If we yeah, want to be this yeah, more yeah.
0: specific, okay, yeah, so more specific. I like say chat, yeah. chat do. Try to pull me up when I, I refer to them as more mature. When I was a, <laughs> applying for partnership and I was pointing that out to Twitch, when they were saying uh, you have to describe your community, and I was uh, mature. Uh, yeah <laughs> i explained to chat what i'd said about them um <laughs> i explained like mature i'm more mature than average audience and chat have been like trying to prove me wrong about that ever since
1: <laughs> it sucks though like you're like 35 and you're being called mature and old and you're like
0: hey, <laughs> hey got I my have life ahead of me <laughs> At 35, you would be the younger end of my audience. Yeah. So, yeah, 35 to 45 is the um, the most populous um, age sector. Then it's the 45 to 55. Then it's mm. the 25 to 35. So my audience skews towards the older end. No. Um, I also ha- and I, I have no idea why I attract the people I do, but um, I uh, – we've got a really – lovely, supportive community of people. There's a lot of people in my um, Twitch community that have various mental health or social issues. Social anxiety is a big thing within my community. Uh, We've got a lot of people in the trans community as well. Uh, And there's something really lovely about um, seeing people who struggle to be themselves in everyday life, talking to each other um, mm. in and in a, such a relaxed fashion. So seeing, like, two trans women discussing the issues that they have with bras and just how uncomfortable a bra is to wear. Um, there's something, yeah, just something lovely about that openness and safe space that people feel to like discuss their their issues or we i mean we do we do run a community of escapism. We, we steer away from the problems in the world. It's like, there's plenty of places to go and experience the problems in the world, but individual problems that people are facing, uh, it's a safe space to come and discuss them. uh, But largely people are laughing at me, derping in games or, um, or being my eyes as I'm doing something that's in depth or complex. I, I get a bit sweaty, try hard at times. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm not sure what the literal definition of community is, but in my mind, the way I see it is, is a representation of what you're mentioning here is, is a group of people that have, you know, s- similar interests, I guess, and, yeah. and that, that, that share, um, their interests within that, that group, you know, and, and for me. It, it does become a safe space because typically, if you go to like if you go to a party, right, like an IRL party, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, you're 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 talking to a person. Now, I'm talking as myself, which I I can be both an introvert and extrovert. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I believe that. <laughs> I, know that. Um, I understand that. So, but I'll you know I, I won't necessarily know what the person likes, what I can talk about. So it's a bit you know um, it can create anxiety in people. Not, not being mm-hmm. sure what to what they can or should be talking about and uh inquiring about the other person's interests and all that when you're in a community you already have that that connection you know mm-hmm. uh you already know that you do have some things in common and you can op- you can start a conversation about these topics before talking about bras right I'm sure yeah. these two individuals have've t- talked about other things together right that Indeed. got them to that point where they can f- you know, talk about bras openly. Yeah, right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: So that's that's the beauty of community. At least that's my definition of the way I see community is to be able to do It's like um pre there's a pre made connection from the get go and yeah and guess what you're the core of that connection right because <laughs> people get attracted to you and you mentioned earlier you're like I don't know why I attract people of a certain age I mean uh-huh. typically I'm not sure how old you are and I won't even ask but <laughs> what I know. Is in my notes here. You started gaming with the ZX Spectrum. That's okay? right, the ZX so, Spectrum. Yeah, 1980s. So, yeah, exactly. So it,
0: it's you know, you, I'm up it, the more mature end of the the scale. Indeed. Well, you know,
1: <laughs> it, it's you, what I mean. What I mean to say is, you typically attract people around your age. I would say in life, you know. In, I guess so. You know, it, there's there's now why is that you know and the you know we can go deeper into that topic but you know I, I do think that you know just the way we talk the way we think the way we um the way we humor others ourselves Indeed. you know like it's it just it, it, it's it's generational i think you know yeah, yeah. And, and so uh we may want to be like oh we need some younger people like i, I need to to, to to be like appealing to younger people and it's like you just won't. It's just, just. It's okay not to be yeah. appealing to younger people. Indeed. You know, I don't think like thirteen year olds are listening to this podcast. And if you are, welcome. <laughs> Hello, we're we're happy Indeed. to have you. But you know.
0: And yeah. it's like in my community, we do have some uh, younger members. But to be honest, when, when Twitch chat are busy discussing their jobs, their careers, their children, their mortgages, um, that's probably not the kind of thing that a 13-year-old is going to stay interested in, yeah. in to, for too long, unless they happen to be obsessively interested in a game that I'm playing. Um, people come for the game, stay for the chat. And, and you thing.
1: mentioned games that, to mm. me, are appealing to also a yeah, older yeah, audience. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, slower paced games, and you know, they're not like, you know, we're not first
0: person you know? shooting.
1: Yeah, like it's yeah. not. You know, we're far from Fortnite here. You know, <laughs> or, you know any of these <laughs> types of games, right? Um, now that brings me to like community. Yeah. And who you are, and you're the core of that community. Uh-huh. Now. Who are you, Sal? And, and <laughs> I think, like, you're... you're are I'll, I'll say that in the best possible way, right? Yeah. You're a dance core. You have a lot <laughs> of, of uh, you know... Uh, a lot of... You, you've lived a very varied life, a lot, lot of things. I've uh, done a lot. Yeah, you've done a lot. lot. Been a lot of places. Yeah, 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 yeah
0: indeed. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, you, you You have been caught in an attempted hijacking in Colombia. Now, yeah. That is, you know, okay, now, now like we were talking about like a great community. Now we're going into we're segue I'm segwaying <laughs> to hijacking guys. So, like hold on to your seats, okay? What happened there? <laughs> what so, happened there?
0: I was um... Uh, I was setting up a joint venture for a company in venezuela uh that's this is this predates the recent troubles in Venezuela uh it was a relatively a relatively stable country at the time um and i uh, i was based in Venezuela but i was um work in the export market my job ta- no i didn't speak spanish this is um uh, i am absolutely abysmal at languages as hard as i try and i enjoy trying but i'm abysmal it's it's a weak point for me i struggle to learn languages oh well, you're very good um, at
1: english well, <laughs> <yeah>.
0: <laughs> but um everything else i've oh i'm i'm dreadful at unless it's technical. I'm fine with uh, reading technical specs in a variety of languages, but other than that, um, so yeah, my job title was Herente Técnico, which means technical manager or something along those lines. And I, uh, I was setting up this joint venture, uh, in Venezuela. My job was to go out and visit, um, government bodies or... Uh, it was working in the telecoms industry, but telecoms infrastructure. And it was telecoms infrastructure that went across electricity power lines. So I would go visit either telecoms company, but on a national scale. So they'd have to be... a. It was usually either government departments or the equivalent of the national grid or the equivalent of the national telecoms company. And I would go and advise them on how to build a business case with either the International Monetary Fund or uh, the World Bank, depending on the circumstances, um, to put together a multi-billion dollar package of infrastructure um, renewal program to, uh, and how they would then pay this back and how they could support it and then the technology involved in doing that. And the, the technology was my speciality. Um, and uh, so I was heading out to a particular area. Um, oh, gosh, it was way out in... It was right on the front line of what was then um, the the civil war between uh, La, uh, the paramilitares and La Guerrilla, Yep. in Colombia. Uh, and we I was going out with their electricity company, the major electricity company there. I forgot the name of them. And they were flying me out to go look at a specific area where they had some quite unique issues. And they wanted me on site to go and ha- check this place out. Uh, so I was heading down into Medellin. I got hmm. myself to the airport. I knew enough Spanish to be able to get into an airport and out the other side and get a taxi to a hotel. That was right. it. Right. Uh, and so I got in a taxi, heading to the hotel in Medellin, and uh, we were – this taxi driver drove like an absolute lunatic and the roads uh, – the the airport's on quite quite a high plateau – and Medan is down in a valley, and this road's yep. all twisty and windy and The taxi driver's driving like I don't know, like he's got the hounds of hell on his tail, and there's and he's got a, a a trunk full of dog food or something. It was it was going like crazy, and then suddenly all these people ran out in front of the taxi, waving their arms in the road, and they were they were shouting a word that sounded like bicycle, I think bicycletta or something like that, bicycle and they were pointing and pointing ahead, and the taxi driver waved something with his hand uh, uh, and he radioed someone. I heard the word bicycletta over the radio. Uh, I might be saying that word wrong, but it might have been bicycletta. And uh, And he carries on hurtling down this really steep, twisty, windy road. And uh, and then we came up behind a bicycle on the road ahead of us. The guy on the bicycle turns around and points a gun at the taxi. Now, I'm I'm British. I don't see guns every day. <laughs> this is this is a unique experience to me. All I saw was this sort of toy looking gun in his hand. Yeah. I I don't have enough experience with guns to properly fear them, I guess. I have no idea what went to, on, what went through my mind. I kind of sat up bolt up right in the back of the taxi and said, you can't do that to me, I'm British, you know. Uh, <laughs> which I think what was going through my mind was like, it's common for at that time, it was common for Americans to be kidnapped. Mm. And I and I was always a bit worried about being mistaken for being a rich American when actually I was British. I was like, you can't do that to me, I'm British, you know. And the, I'm the a taxi... rich British, you can't touch me. <laughs> 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 i I. I, I I don't know. I've been living as an expat for a while my my mind was elsewhere. Um the taxi driver like screamed steered into the curb and and ducked down behind his um his dashboard. Meanwhile the ta- the the bice the cyclist who was turning round wasn't watching where he was going was turning round facing like leaning over his shoulder pointing the gun at the taxi. Um he hadn't noticed that both the taxi and the bicyclist and the cyclist were coming up behind, um, uh, like a, a tipper truck. You know, an eighteen-wheeler they call them in America, but mm. a small one, like the the kind that would carry gravel or something from a quarry. Um, you know, heavy, heavy sort of big truck thing and the type uh, you don't want to get hit by if you're on a bicycle yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, and it not was... wearing a
1: helmet i'm a helmet i'm <laughs> guessing <laughs> uh,
0: and this the truck because we were going down this steep hill this truck mustn't have been doing more than 10 mile an hour um and we were both the taxi and the cyclist had been going faster than that anyway the cyclist crashed into the back of the truck uh, because he wasn't watching what he was doing, yeah. he was facing us in the taxi. And the taxi driver, at this point, because he screamed so, and dived oh, down, yeah.
1: Hold on, Sal. Yeah. So, so you're saying all this happened? Yeah. While the taxi was moving? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So this,
0: yeah, yeah. We were driving down the road. Cyclist in front of us turns around, points a gun so at the, us. The bicicleta—it's not yeah. a
1: bicycle. It's like a bike, right? It's like a motorcycle. Is that? No, it? no.
0: We're talking a cyclist.
1: A bicycle. A bicycle. So the guy was bicycling, a, whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah. But <laughs> beside the
1: taxi hill. with a gun in yeah. his hands, in pointing front, at the taxi driver.
0: In front of the taxi, leaning over his shoulder, pointing
1: back. Oh, I see. I see. So, oh, wow.
0: <laughs> so I'm <he> sorry. Wasn't... <laughs> sorry. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm just now seeing the guy hitting the truck. I'm just like. That must have been a great sight for you, though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hits the truck. truck driver stops. And, uh, and of course, the taxi is stopped at this point as well. The cyclist jumps up because, of course, he's hit the back of a truck. He's not injured. Um, He runs around the front of the truck and hijacks the truck instead. Goes hurtling off with the truck. Now, trucks don't go very fast. Meanwhile, the (laughs) the taxi driver is on the radio, uh, radioing... I I don't know what, like yammering down the radio. And this strange thing then happened between me and the taxi driver where despite us not knowing how to speak each other's language, we could totally communicate about this thing that we both experienced. Um, We were both talking to each other, me in English, him in Spanish, the whole way to the hotel about this guy and what had just happened. And we both... Totally understood what each other was saying (laughs) Uh, because we'd both just been through this incident. Uh, Anyway, I got to the hotel and I was just checking into the hotel when the the taxi driver came running into the hotel, like waving his arm, big smile on his face. And he was grabbing his wrists and like simulating handcuffs. And I knew he was telling me that the guy had been caught. Mm. Um, yeah uh, driving
1: a tent like a, a, tr- yeah. a truck full of gravel at 10 kilometers per hour. <laughs> yeah,
0: Indeed.
1: <laughs> Smart guy. He just woke up this day he was like, I need to hijack something or whatever it is. Taxi <laughs> no truck full of gravel. Yes, let's go.
0: <laughs> so that was the thing for me. was I didn't after that, especially once he'd taken the truck, I realized it wasn't me he was after. It was the vehicle. Yeah, um, okay. which is why I refer to it as a hijacking rather than a kidnapping. Right, right. Um, right. I was kidnapped in Venezuela, but that—that's a very long story and probably not um, suitable for for it's a story I tell on on stream every so now and then. Um, but that—that's a like I say, that's a really long story. I mean,
1: wait, why not suitable?
0: Oh, just because it's a long story it's hard to it was a a multi-day long incident where i was um kidnapped by um the colombian Ven- the venezuelan colombian drug cartel that was being co-opted by um a an. An organisation that controlled the land in Venezuela, which was all to do. It, it's very complicated and convoluted, but I escaped. Uh, they con- you escaped? Yeah. Um, they they kidnapped both Whoa. me and my um, the other. Well, Spanish. It was. I was going to say the other guy from the UK. There was two of us from the UK who'd gone out to Venezuela. Uh, The other guy was actually Spanish, but based like we both worked in the same UK office. Um, Kidnapped a pair of us, holding us for ransom because. The company, like our half of the the joint venture company, hadn't paid their land tax, so we're being held for two million dollars <laughs> mm. ransom. Um, but uh, yeah, we we escaped and uh, went on the run for a little while. Uh, but it, it's a like I say, it, it's a very long story. But that's the and the sort of thing. what highlights. about
1: what about we skip ahead and we get to the point where you escape because yeah. because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm 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 super it's not every day that i to talk to someone <laughs> that escaped a kidnapping you know not get like released you know that, i mean even that i've never talked to anyone like this but like i mean i'm saying you literally ex- escaped I'm, I'm thinking like yeah, yeah. shawshank redemption type of you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> well they so. didn't keep a, a close enough eye on me and mm. i shinnied off down the fire escape really <laughs> it was as simple as that <laughs> but well there was there was Because then I had to get my my mate out as well. Um, Mm. And I hadn't, I I didn't know what was going on because I didn't understand Spanish. It was all being conducted through my uh, Spanish-speaking partner. Um, But me being able to escape then helped. um, I set up the situation which then helped him to escape. And we went on the run for a while because we did not know who to trust. Um, we didn't know whether we could trust the the venezuelan company that we worked with and our colleagues even the
1: police i'm guessing right
0: absolutely yeah Yeah. we had no all we knew was that because like when we started combining the information we had it was like whoa this is big (laughs) oh this and it was big enough that when we got back to the uk we were interviewed by mi6 um Mm, really and yeah put into hiding for a couple of M and james bond everybody Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, It is a bit of a James Bond story in its uh, its full extent. So yeah, that's the kind of career I've had. Um, Did you get a raise at least? (laughs) You know, I got paid 2% danger money. (laughs) It was actually in the contract, 2% danger money. (laughs) I was laughing about that when I went out there. Um, But this was, this was seemed like something or nothing. There was What, about 30 people? There was four of us who were technical specialists. I was one of the technical specialists. Then... With the sales guys as well, the commercial specialists, there was probably about 30 of us who were doing international travel. I mean, before I went to Venezuela, I was taking about two long haul flights a week. And um, they, uh, I'd say probably about once every two weeks, somebody somewhere was being hijacked, kidnapped. It was was run-of-the-mill stuff. It was just kind of what we expected.
1: That's crazy, Uh, though
0: yeah <laughs> i look back at it now and it was like how how did i think that that was normal but uh, yeah,
1: but you, you got that two percent like you know, yeah <laughs> extra money there I, you know if it was today's time i, I would ask for like 200 <laughs> percent. yeah absolutely
0: <you> know? <laughs> uh, but at the time it was just seemed normal because that was what everybody else in the company was and yeah. this was um this was not a small con- company it was a FTSE 250 company in in the UK I'm so, not familiar with that
1: 4250
0: what is that um the FTSE FTSE 250 so oh, FTSE it's 250. like the yeah um it's the equivalent of is it the fortune 500 in the okay okay America? Sure, sure sure well mm. this is the 250 so one of the top 250 largest companies in, in the, the UK, UK. okay
1: yeah. Gotcha, uh, footsie so, though. It's very FTSE. very English.
0: Financial Times, um, stock exchange. I think it's called the oh, okay. FTSE. Okay, okay, and I yeah, pronounced
1: footsie. Footsie. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Learn new things every day. I love that. You know, wow, the footsie two fifty. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's crazy. That's a crazy story, and and you know now it it, it makes it makes me want to go back to you going basically full time, yeah, yeah, streaming like were I you were now. you like tired of like <laughs> getting kidnapped at this point, and you just like, might as well just stay in my room and just play games <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i after that because of the particular people involved in the situation i was advised by like we put into hiding for a while i was advised by mi6 that i shouldn't travel internationally for about a year there was mm. a time limit on this they explained that the people involved they're a business they're professionals you don't need to worry about things like grudges and revenge and all of that sort of thing. It's just how long you're at risk depends on how long the information that you have is relevant. Right. Um, so stay, don't travel internationally. Uh, you, I'll be fine to sort of come out of my hidey hole within about two months. But then after that, you just don't travel internationally for a year. As the company paid me off, I went and found new jobs. Uh, I suffer from, uh, what chat calls shiny thingitis <laughs> where it's like oh shiny thing um mm, okay. and i there's been very few jobs where i have left the job because i wanted to it's more that something else came along that was irresistible right and uh and so i um every few couple of years or so there would be something that would just come along either through the people I interacted with uh, or w- w- one thing or another somebody would get in touch with me and say hey do you fancy doing a job like this we're looking for somebody who has some bizarre and random experience with a technical background who can get involved in this bizarre and random thing that you've never heard of before mm. sounds like your kind of thing are you interested and i I'd look at it and think, oh, I've never done anything like that. That sounds interesting. Sure. Mm. And, Being kidnapped
1: uh, in, I don't know, in <laughs> Shanghai. That's, that's the first for me. I'm, I'm down.
0: <laughs> I think um, the most interesting thing, like I stayed in the telecoms industry for a bit. Then I moved into transport. Mm. I specialized in uh, transport law for a little while. And I uh, and then I ended up working as an emergency manager with well, civil contingencies manager. Sorry. So what I was doing was developing um, the plans to be able to evacuate um, cities or well, it could be a small thing. I could it was how to arrange a an evacuation for something like an old people's home right through to evacuating um the city center of the largest city in my district which is manchester in the uk right. i worked with all the local authorities i got to play um i, I got to play disaster games which was incredibly fascinating and right up my street as you can imagine uh, yeah. i and every, it was sometimes it I'd turn up to these disaster games because I'd be the the transport contact. Uh, we'd people would turn up in their. An appropriate costume is the only way to put it. So, like the paramedics would turn mm. up in their paramedics' outfits, the police would turn up; they'd be in police uniform. The army would be ter- would turn up; they'd be in fatigues. As uh, so we had a really big event once where we had prison officers, where and like, the, and these are the the sort of the the emergency managers for all of their individual units. These are not like policemen on the street. It's the right, right. It's the person who's who's going to be their goal command when something like, kicks managing off. Managing these people, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and playing these disaster games, like what happens if um, you have a uh, what happens if a bomb goes off in the city centre? Well, that happens here a what? on average about every twenty years.
1: What's what, that? what goes a, off?
0: A bomb. So a if bump? a bomb, go- if a bomb, a
1: bomb. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If go. there's
0: an explosion in the so city So wait, center. it
1: happens every twenty years?
0: On average, yeah.
1: Okay, like, a, like a terrorist attack.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, so we had, uh, like, I mean, the first one, uh, World War Two, the city center was bombed. Then in the nineteen nineties, we had um, the IRA bombs in the city center. Uh, then in, um, what, two twenty in the 2010s we had the ariana the ariana grande bomb uh that went off Mm. in the city center so it it's there's a certain frequency to it we yeah it's and it's usually completely unrelated events but it's a big That that must be
1: stressful you have like a like a clock you know, in your, in your <laughs> office, you're like, guys. It's been it's been like nine years, 364 days.
0: <laughs> it's, what, uh, we,
1: we should know, get ready.
0: <laughs> we know that if things, we know that we're a target city. Yeah. So if something's, London is the number one target. We tend to be the number two. Mm-hmm. So it's something that we need to be prepared for. It's not something to worry about. It's just something to be prepared for. If, well, as you
1: said, you know it's going to happen. It's Yeah, you know, it's yeah. just
0: when. It might not happen for 10 years. It might not happen for 30 years. But yeah. there'll be another bomb in Manchester City Centre at some point or some other attack. Or it could be that there's a train crash. Or it could be mm. that there's a gas main explosion. Uh, it could be that there's a reservoir breach. Uh, a
1: revolution.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we've had violent insurrection in the city centre. That the, was in the, the football arenas.
1: You know, there's, you know, these guys, they don't <laughs> like each other. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> It happens.
0: Um, but, uh, yeah, we did have, uh, we had citywide riots. Um, when was that? That was in the 2000s. That, that was interesting. Ooh, it was an interesting atmosphere in the city that day. You could feel it was about to kick off, you know, that sort of, that feeling like um like i spent a lot of time in louisiana you know when the when the tornadoes are about to start mm. you know when the hurricane's coming you can feel the tension oh, yeah. in the air it, mm-hmm. that tension was in the air it's like oh it's gonna kick off tonight you know it's about to happen there was riots sweeping the country and mm. uh, it's like the city's gonna burn tonight um And uh, sure enough, we got the call about 2 p.m. that day, which uh, the the message went out to all the companies in the city centre saying, send your people home. The city centre's not going to be safe. Uh, And my job then was to to arrange, because that means you've got 80,000 people all trying to leave the city centre at once. So I was... um, My job then was to make sure that... The whole of the transport infrastructure was changed because the, the, um, at that time, that midday time, you don't expect, you expect to have as many people coming in as leaving. It's a, people are traveling around the city centre. They're not either, it's not like a commuting time at 2 pm in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, right, we need to get, the relevant people in place we need to change the buses we need to change the trams we need to change the trains everything's got to change to get people out we've got to get people safely out the city center we've got to do it as fast as we can uh, so those plan I-, I already had those plans written so was- those plans have got to happen and they have got to happen now um uh, and yeah, and then of course we've got to keep the we've got to get the transport safe and out of there. So it's like get the people out, then get all of the buses and the bus drivers out, get the trams out because we've got all those assets. We don't want trams running through the city centre while the city centre's on fire. Oh. Uh, so yeah, that kind of thing. Um, uh, Jolly <laughs> uh, fascinating stuff. But yeah, it is. Disaster games was was fascinating.
1: No, uh, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And I'm I'm, I'm thinking like. I'm just wondering if you guys know, like, the probabilities of something happening, like, to someone in Manchester, for example. Do you guys go that deep, saying, like, there's 0.00235% chance that it, you know, I don't know, that
0: for an individual XYZ? We thing. didn't look at it from an individual, but we did look at location risks. So, what is the chance of that thing happening? Everything was extremely low. So, the kinds of major incidents that I was involved in planning for every, the risk of any one of those things happening was extremely low. In fact, the thing that was highest risk for us was a pandemic. Mm. Uh, We always used the model of a pandemic flu because you didn't know what, but we always knew that was something that was absolutely going to happen at some point. And then of course we get into 2020 <clears throat> we've got plans in place um yeah. we know how to deal with that but then <clears throat> we have to work with um uh, then politics comes into play uh, when you get into a something that's bigger than just our city um uh, but yeah our city was prepared just um well I mean this is this is long after I'd left anyway that role I'd moved on to other things by then I was busy. Um getting involved in other aspects of transport infrastructure, which um uh, was mainly to do with governance and funding and uh there'd been a major expansion to the tram system uh there was all kinds of oh but this this is like really sort of legal nerdy stuff <laughs> mm. um I was but so yeah i'd left the emergency management stuff behind to get involved in in governance i was a governance manager for a while after that uh and then 2020 came along and, and you got laid he, off i got right? laid off yeah yeah. yeah yeah absolutely i got laid off in uh the end of well 2019 the end of 2019 um it was a situation where um, there'd been a lot of sickness at work. I'd had one of my most senior member of staff had gone off with a very severe heart attack. We'd had another another one of my senior guys, my most experienced guy, had gone off. Um, he'd been diagnosed with liver and bowel cancer. Um, mm. Thankfully, a good prognosis. He was going to recover, but it's going to take two years. And, uh, and uh, my team just fell apart. Um, so... We were in a situation where the it was untenable to continue. So they, the only way we could deal with it was to work, merge my team with the team, a similar sort of team from headquarters, which meant two managers, one job. And I was offered uh, I could either compete with the other manager for the job, and I didn't want it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I just didn't want it. It meant dealing closer with politicians and things. I didn't want it. Um, they offered to, uh, to redeploy me, or they offered to to lay me off with a payoff. I was like, "Give me the money." <laughs> yeah, uh, and maybe we'll play the, some games now. Yeah, I'm gonna go play some games. I need a break. I've had yeah. a hard 2019. I didn't even get to do any streaming in 2019 because I'd been all these years. I've been streaming. Um, just casually, uh, usually twice a week, I do a couple of hours on a Wednesday night, a couple of hours on a Thursday night with uh, my, uh, my co-streamer friend and lodger, um, that's roommate, uh, and we, we'd stream random games, uh, and yeah, having been laid off. I had uh, enough money that I didn't need to look for work immediately. I'd planned to go on holiday with a bunch of gamer buddies. Every two years, me and a bunch of gamers, we meet up somewhere around the world and we hire an Airbnb. And we sit and play games for a couple of weeks, <laughs> all meeting up together. There's like, there's a Canadian and Australians and Germans and we'll just, uh, we'll get together. And, uh, like we do multiplayer stuff together, um, like from around the world and then uh, meet up every two years somewhere and actually sit in a room together and play games. It's great. Uh, and we had, a, we the next session of this was planned for Australia. First of April, 2020, I was supposed to be flying out. It's a proper April Fool's joke. Mm. (laughs) Uh, so I'd been laid off the agreement had all been signed um at the very end of January 2020 when COVID was just a whisper on the wind and I uh, and I thought well the end of January I've got two months before I go and spend a month in Australia um now's not the time to go job hunting what am I going to do with my time I've got two months I thought oh I want to stream I so want to stream and I'd always been Oh, you know you hear about people who do streaming for a living, and you hear them talking about like how they organize the day and it's like wow if i if I stream for a living, I'd do it like this and I'd do it like that, and I wonder what it's like and i this has always ticked away in the back of my mind i I feel like I am my true self when i am Salford sal i i'm not i haven't got a face on for my family. I haven't got my face on for the office. I haven't got, you know, I'm not projecting any specific personality. I'm just being me when I'm Sal. And I'd realised that through like my gaming buddies and spending time with them. I loved being Sal on a personal bit and on a permanent basis, on that long-term basis. I felt more true to myself. And uh, so I had this two months and I thought, do you know what? Now that I'm not um like I, I don't have tax issues now that i'm um, not employed i can monetize my stream i can pretend to be a professional streamer so i had a small audience i would pull in i don't know maybe like 10 people it would probably peak at 20 but on average i get 10 people a stream watching um average viewer across the stream right and uh but that was made up of a core group of maybe a hundred people in total that would drop in and out of various streams that we did, and I. Uh, uh, so I told my my my. Um, my little community that, um, like, what was happening, it was being laid off. I got two months, said, I'm going to pretend to be a professional streamer. I'm going to fake it till I make it or I run out of money. In fact, I think it was one of my, one of chat who coined that phrase. So you're going to fake it till you make it or run out of cash. I was like, yeah, 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 that's what I'm going to do. Uh, so, but at least until I go, when I come back from holiday in Australia, then I'll go look for a proper job. But we've got two months of being a professional streamer of yeah, pretending to be a Yeah, you still didn't know this pandemic streamer. was going to happen. Yeah right yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course yeah. and then mid march um the pandemic hits the the australian holiday gets cancelled and then of course it became the responsible thing to do since i didn't actually have to go looking for a job i could still live off the um my redundancy payout for some time uh, it could go on for some months and I was getting a little bit of income from Twitch, which was just prolonging how long it was. I would, I would be able to survive on that. And I yeah, the responsible thing to do is to stay indoors and carry on pretending to be a professional streamer. <laughs> and now I'm doing it and it's actually paying my bills. I'm still doing that there now. And it's the best job I've ever had.
1: Absolutely. That's, I love it. that's amazing. I mean... I I need to know, okay. Yeah. How much are you making? Because you still have a relatively small audience, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you come from a, a background with a lot of like technical knowledge. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm 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 not going to ask you how much you were paid before, <laughs> but I'm thinking it may have been more than what you're making now. Oh gosh, yes, I
0: okay. I was probably earning five times what I'm earning now.
1: Right. However, so how are you making it work? Is my question.
0: Well, I grew up in a poor family, and I even when I was earning five times what I'm earning now, I never lived to. I, I never got used to that cash. I was always ready to be poor again. <laughs> it was like because right. I'd grown up poor, and uh, and so money was a nice thing, but it was never. It was never something I took for granted, so I don't have a car. I don't have car costs. I've got my rent, my electricity, my food. Um, I have a lodger who, like a roommate, who helps pay the bills, mm-hmm. and I can actually bring my costs down to quite a low level. Now that means that, sure, I don't go taking lots of holidays. I, uh, when I was getting paid a lot of cash, I would fly out to stuttgart for the weekend um and i i travel a lot whereas now i stay home because i i've got enough to pay the bills i don't have i don't get enough yet to uh to go traveling like my my ambition is to earn enough that i can go to things like twitch con and stuff like that mm. um but happening the,
1: right now as we are recording yeah, this episode yeah.
0: yeah 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 uh but yeah the um, my audience is growing every, like, on average, every month, my income is creeping up. It's um, uh, it, it's it's looking good. Now, I, I, a friend who, a family member who is involved, who set up his own business many years ago, when I told him I was setting up as a business, he was saying, yeah, just bear in mind. So the first year you lose money, the second year you break even, it's it's going to take you three years before you're going to start being able to draw an income from that business So if you're successful. And, of course, I like to say, I'm going to stream for a living. Um, most people yeah. are like, yeah, right. And the fact that I've got to the point where I'm actually breaking even, I am making enough money to pay for my costs um, is amazing to me. <laughs> Yeah. It's like a dream come true. I mean, it's every no, teenage it boy's dream come true for sure. Uh, yeah, well,
1: yeah, and I think I think like th- there's there's what like there's the perception of um people watching streams and watching YouTube videos and watching these these creators making money yeah. and thinking I can make money too. I can make videos too. Yeah, but you you said it before and you've said it that it started the this episode, it's everybody can make videos. You know, it's something yeah, you yeah, learn yeah. to do, right? Yeah. But absolutely. building a community takes time. It does, yeah. and that's what you need if you want to make a living. Every absolutely. single creator out there, every single small, medium, big creator out there, is supported by their community. Indeed. And it doesn't matter if you make the best videos in the world. If you mm. don't have a community to support you. You're not going to make any money, you
0: know. And the fact that I've been streaming since 2014, so I already had um, that that grounded that that ground level of community to build on. Um, lots of things for me just fell lucky. The fact that i I streamed Dwarf Fortress and Dwarf Fortress had just had a major update. Um, there was more Dwarf Fortress viewers than there was people streaming it. It's such a niche game. Mm-hmm. Um, I turned up and was like, hey, I can stream, tw- stream Dwarf Fortress 12 hours a day now. Uh, now that I'm not working anymore, let's do that then. And there was a ready-made audience, ready. And it's an older audience for, for that. It's an older, an older demographic for that game. As it stands, it'll be different, I think, when it comes to Steam with fancy graphics and things. But uh, as it stands at the moment, a bit of a niche game, bit of an older, more technical audience they fit in with. Well, I mean, they form my crowd now. And so my, my audience grew quite rapidly from that average of 10, then it was an average of 40, then 60, then 100. And, and these days, depending on what game I'm streaming, uh, yeah i'm up to that i would expect to pull in 100 anywhere between 100 and 150 to 200 um average on a stream so and it's still going up it's amazing
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's great and i mean you know if you guys you've been listening um you you may not have noticed that you know sal's actually not you're not showing Your face, you, you, you said before the start of this episode. You've never even owned a webcam.
0: No, I've never owned a webcam. Oh, when I, it all comes back to when I started, when I bought my, uh, my. my gaming computer back in that 2014 the yeah that yeah. checklist a webcam was not on the checklist because i was sitting my plan was single player games sat in the room curtains closed by myself escapism um yep. playing space engineers building a ship flying it around the place that was what i wanted to do uh so i didn't have a webcam ready to go and since then i've uh it's something i've considered on various times i thought ah, oh, i'd have to brush my hair yeah <laughs> I'd have to wear appropriate clothes. And, uh, yeah. I couldn't sit in my pajamas and, and play games. And it's like, nah, it I mean, me you could, frankly, but... <laughs> uh, yeah. And also, I think because I tend to play more technical games as well, things like Oxygen Not Included, where yeah. there's a lot of thermodynamics involved and stuff like that. For me, it's about playing a game good <laughs> yeah, I get good at games um and I uh, look into underlying mechanics of games and stuff like that uh, for me it's about the game it's not about me and if right. I'm on camera I would be distracted by I'm uh, scratching my ear again I should stop doing that I'm on camera mm. uh, I've done stuff on camera as part of my professional career you know, made training videos that sort of thing um so it wasn't it's never been a fear of being on camera or a fear of showing my face uh, there are photographs of me floating around the place I, i'm not afraid of showing who i am i just when i'm streaming it's about the game it's not about me as a performer um, yeah. it's about me as the player uh so yeah that's uh, uh that's why i cuz we looked at I looked about maybe vtube and i thought no same thing uh there's some great vtubers out there i love uh, i'm good friends with uh, with some other uh, vtubers but they are performers when they're playing games mm-hmm. they're also performing for the audience yeah it's and something that's you have to think I'm, about I'm, as you're yeah, doing yeah, yeah. the content you know what, while
1: you don't you don't really have to think about that you have to think about other things a game yeah i mean absolutely i think you have a very beautiful and soothing voice, uh, beautiful accent. That's, you know, I, you. I, I, uh, I love it. So I think that, that even frankly enhance, like it, it's, um, you know, it's one of your, I think, um, um, uh, what's one thing that is great about you, I think is your voice. So not showing any thing, um, that distracts from the voice as well, yeah. I think is, is good. It emphasizes on the voice and the gameplay, yeah. Um, which I think you can share your knowledge of the game uh, and use your voice, of, of course, to communicate and all that. So it's just, ah, it makes total sense. And I mean, you know, it, to me, having experienced both and having talked to different content creators that do webcams and no webcams, Yeah, it's just a different dynamic, you know? Yeah, and yeah, not yeah. everyone is comfortable We're not again, like you said, it's not about like being being self-conscious or anything like that. Yeah. It's just about like
0: it's a different focus.
1: Yeah. It's like the dynamic, like you're playing a game. How and you need to be yourself, I think. If you want to have to build a community, you need to be yourself as much as possible. And I think some of the times when you have a camera on, you it might be very difficult for someone to really be themselves because they're always going to be you know thinking about how, how does it look or am i looking okay or how am i indeed. reacting is that you know so yeah. it's like i think yeah for most people not having a webcam makes maybe them makes them more comfortable more and maybe themselves. more themselves yeah
0: yeah 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 not, I'm, I'm not performing for anybody i'm just being me yeah. indeed like i said and i don't have to brush my hair <laughs> Yeah, I'm no. Not I worried mean, about whether I got bits sticking out or anything. There's plenty of
1: people on on, on Twitch that are not brushing their hair before going live. By the <laughs> way, just saying, even washing their hair is like uh, a challenge for No, but... <laughs> no it, it's a uh, no. It's it's it's. Um, I appreciate you know, and I, I've said it before, and I, I've um, I've grown to appreciate more and more um content creators. We're voice only, if I if I can say that uh, yeah. say it like this. Um, just again, uh, just a, a lot of fun too. I, I think you're right, and if, uh, from your side of things, but also as an audience, just focusing on the game of the voice. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's a bit of the same. Like you're you're the audience, and you don't have to worry about what they're doing physically. You know, it's just about like what's happening on the screen and what's what I'm hearing. You know, without any kind of distractions. So it's great. Absolutely. Um, Time flies, it Sal, does. I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. This is one of the times where I'd be like, "We should do like a three-hour episode <laughs> and spend the afternoon <laughs> or the night for you." Right? It's already late for you. Uh, just talking because I feel like we just talked about just like, scratch the yeah, scratch the surface Indeed. here. Um, it's unfortunate, but you know, I, I I hope we can get to 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 talk some more uh, at a later time and get deeper, Indeed. you know, into that dance core. <laughs> um before we do go though um uh, there's a rapid fire question rapid uh-huh. fire segment we like to uh to play with our uh with our guests. So um, this is 15 questions. Okay. This or that? Uh very silly. I'm reading it for the first time as well, so let's have okay. some fun. You ready? yeah. All right. Would you rather eat a snake or a tarantula? Snake. Always be 1 hour late or 2 hours early?
0: Two hours early, probably going to be one hour late.
1: (laughs) Die from laughter or crying too hard?
0: Die from laughter.
1: Metric system or imperial system?
0: Metric. I'm an engineer.
1: (laughs) Horror movies or love stories?
0: Uh, 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 Neither. Uh, We'll go love stories rather than horror movies.
1: (laughs) Mango smoothie or banana shake?
0: I'm not keen on banana flavored stuff, so it'd have to be mango smoothie.
1: You prefer the previous question or the next question?
0: Previous, because I know the answer to it already.
1: Lo fi music or jazz?
0: Oh gosh, I like both. Um, 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 random without knowing what it's going to be, I would opt jazz is safer. I go jazz.
1: Instagram Reels or TikToks?
0: Mm, I don't do either. YouTube Shorts. No, oh, there you go.
1: <laughs> Apple or Samsung.
0: Um, I uh, agnostic. Um, yeah, really agnostic on that one. Doesn't matter. Whatever. Okay.
1: If, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the next one. Apple or oranges.
0: Oh, oranges.
1: Have one foot or three feet.
0: For three feet. Ooh, three feet. I could find something interesting to do with that.
1: Live in a cellar or an attic?
0: An attic. Then you don't have anybody walking on your roof.
1: True. Streaming or YouTube? Streaming. Lose a pinky toe or eat a large cockroach?
0: Eat a large cockroach.
1: There we go. <laughs> <laughs> 15 questions <laughs> answered. amazing (laughs) so sal it was uh thank you for you know coming in uh coming on the show welcome it was uh, was a real pleasure to get to again to know scratch the surface but really talk (laughs) about and open up about these these incredible stories um the incredible life that you've lived so far and and uh yeah i'm uh i'm fascinated i was just like thinking about like like movie scenes as you were explaining that like you know <laughs> telling us about these stories so that's uh that's amazing so thank you and guys listening please go check out salford sal at twitch.tv slash sal that's s-a-l-f-o-r-d-s-a-l um mm-hmm. can they find you elsewhere
0: i i am on youtube i'm dormant on youtube i do have dual fortress videos there again salford sal uh, I do have a Twitter, Salford Sal, but again, dormant there. And my focus is on Twitch. That's where right. I am. It's where I live.
1: Amazing. Well, guys, check Sal on Twitch and we'll be back next week with another amazing episode of kidnapping. No, maybe not. Maybe not next <laughs> week. But other, <laughs> other content next week. Every Tuesday, guys. Thanks for listening. See you soon.
0: Bye.